so deep it can encompass everybody. We won't love everybody the same. That's not the way we'll build. But this, the truth is we can embrace everybody. We don't have to embrace their lifestyle or their language or their wants, desires. But there is, we can love the person. We may despise, and the Bible teaches it, despise lifestyles that are ungodly. But we can love the person. It is a life of love, which means, of course, there's going to be forgiveness and kindness and all the rest that goes with it. Then one last thing is this. It is a rewarding life. A rewarding life. What do I mean by that? Simply this, the person who lives the extraordinary life has a peace within them that passes all understanding. It's there. Secondly, there's a sense of fulfillment in the godly life, the extraordinary life, a sense of fulfillment. You know, what that, you know how powerful that fulfillment is? Watch this. This is how powerful it is. This relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is so powerful. Here's what it does. It just sort of draws us away from things that God does not want in our life because we're so fulfilled in things that are good and right that what happens is it doesn't leave any room for things that are not godly and things that are not right and things that, listen, things that do not fit who we are. There's a sense of fulfillment. There's a sense of completion. There's a completeness about the extraordinary life. I can have it or I cannot have it. I can do with it or I can, I, I can do without it. And then there's a sense of wholeness. That is, I'm a whole person. Most people are not emotionally whole. They don't know what wholeness means. When there's emotional wholeness in your life, it means that you feel complete, you feel satisfied, there is peace. Now, does that mean that everything in the world satisfies you? No, but it means this. You have such a satisfaction in your relationship to Christ. Does that mean you can't grow anymore? No, it doesn't mean that. Sinless? No. But it means there's this surpassing peace and satisfaction and completion and wholeness in your life that you're not drawn over here that you've got to have this and got to have this and be accepted by this and that. If God provides, fine. If he doesn't, that's fine. The extraordinary Christian life is a life that encompasses all the things that we've talked about. Somebody says, well, that sounds impossible to me. Right. And what we've said, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. When you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, which you can do by asking him to forgive you of your sins and trusting him as your savior. That moment on, here's what the Holy Spirit does. He begins to point us toward the very things we've talked about that causes us to do what? To begin to grow. And here's what happens. You can tell when you're becoming an extraordinary Christian by this fact. You become less and less satisfied with where you were, and your hunger for God keeps on increasing. He's just doing what he said, conforming you to the likeness of Christ so that you can, I can say with the Apostle Paul, it is no longer I who lives, but it is Christ who's living within me. That becomes more and more evident. And while there's a sense of wonderful satisfaction, there's this spiritual dissatisfaction, unsatisfied hunger and thirst 
and yearning, not for what the world has to offer, but just more of Him. He always answers that hunger. And you know what satisfying that hunger does? Creates more hunger. That's what makes us Christ-like, where He wants us to be. And Father, how grateful we are. You don't want us living some half-hearted, normal Christian life the way the world sees it. And I pray the Holy Spirit will create in the heart of every single person who hears this message a deep, yearning, insatiable, hungering, thirsting desire to live an extraordinary life. It will bring you glory and honor, is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Dr. Stanley's message on the characteristics of the extraordinary life. And these qualities are available only to those who've trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. That's where living the extraordinary life begins. If you have questions about salvation or about growing in your relationship with the Lord, visit us at intouch.org. And to review what you heard today, click on the link to Today on Radio. If you'd like to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, The Characteristics, open our online bookstore. It's also included in his teaching set, Living the Extraordinary Life. Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia 30357. Lack of discipline creates bad habits. That's the topic of today's Moment with Charles Stanley. It's just ahead. Do you take sermon notes on the back of your bulletin, jot scripture references on the offering envelope? Start keeping things in one place, one organized place, with the InTouch Note-Takers Journal. This leather, soft journal contains 150 pages for taking notes and includes Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles. Find everything in one convenient place with the InTouch Note-Takers Journal. Call toll-free 1-800-IN-TOUCH or visit intouch.org. The Christian life is an exciting journey with great joys and challenges. We don't always know the right questions to ask or the best way to approach Scripture in search of answers. Dr. Stanley's Handbook for Christian Living is an easy-to-use help system that will bring Scripture to life so you can see God moving powerfully in your life. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org store. You're listening to In Touch. Living a disciplined Christian life is about much more than following rules and regulations. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Now, if I should say to you, how many of you want undisciplined children? Not a soul. How many of you want undisciplined grandchildren? Nobody. Think about this. You want your children to be disciplined. That means they do what you say when you say do it. It means that you give them freedom to, with certain limitations. So, what about our relationship to Jesus? Does He not have the right to guide us and direct us in our life? And does He not have the right to require discipline us? Because the disciplined person is a person who's conscious of their time, of their schedules, of their tasks of their relationships to other people and what's expected of them and all the rest. The undisciplined Christian goes to church whenever they sort of feel like it. 
gives uh, sort of when they feel like it, prays when they get in trouble. The undisciplined life is totally removed from the life of the Word of God. Jesus was disciplined. Listen, he was disciplined. The Apostle Paul was disciplined. Every man or woman who's ever accomplished anything in life that has any value whatsoever has been a disciplined person. That is, they live by not so much rules and regulations, but they live by a system that brings about the best out of them and the most out of them. And listen, has an impact on the people around them. To be an extraordinary Christian, we accept discipline, listen, not as a difficulty or something that obstructs us, but something that enables us. It is an attitude of the mind and the heart. Stop by InTouch.org to learn more about the extraordinary life you can have when you're connected to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And if this program has encouraged you to know Jesus better, please let us and the people around you know. Tomorrow on In Touch, many Christians have a stunted view of themselves, but the Bible reminds us that we're all God's masterpieces. Our study of the extraordinary life continues Wednesday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. 1,700 years ago this year, Constantine defeated his co-emperor Licinius, ending a series of civil wars and consolidating power as the sole emperor of Rome. At the time, Christians saw this as the defeat of old pagan ways and as the triumph of a new Christian vision for Rome. In fact, Constantine's turn to Christianity began even before he abandoned Roman paganism. His children had been tutored by Lactantius, a Christian who opposed coerced worship and argued for religious liberty as long as religious practice did not disrupt public order. And years later, in 312, as Constantine went into battle against a rival, he claimed to have a vision of a symbol of Christ with the words, in this sign, conquer. He had his soldiers paint the symbol on their shields. He then won the battle and converted to Christianity. The following year, Constantine issued the Edict of Milan, which declared religious liberty across the empire in terms that Constantine had learned from Lactantius. Constantine has been a controversial figure throughout church history. Many think that Constantine's actions to tie the church to the empire compromised the gospel. Often, these arguments are based on a misunderstanding of what Constantine actually did, and they fail to consider what followed from the legalization of Christianity. Though Constantine's promotion of Christianity certainly made it more popular, it was not named the imperial religion until Emperor Theodosius I in 380. Even then, Theodosius did not suppress paganism. Constantine did not dictate doctrine to the church. When he called the Council of Nicaea in 325 to deal with the question of the nature of Christ, he was actually performing a traditional function of Roman emperors, who often acted as mediators in religious conflicts. Despite claims to the contrary, neither Constantine nor the Council of Nicaea had anything to do with the formation of the canon of Scripture. The most direct result of Constantine's conversion was the end of the persecution, the torture, and the execution of Christians. Obviously, this was welcomed by Christians in his day, and it should also be recognized as a historical good today. The Edict of Milan also furthered Christian evangelism. 
The legalization of Christianity by Constantine led to churches being founded across the Roman Empire and missionaries sent to other regions outside the empire. With Constantine came new questions, such as what properly does belong to Caesar and what belongs to God? That's a question that remains a central issue of Western political thought today. But even in view of the historical difficulties that emerged from his conversion and his subsequent actions, we can still thank God for Constantine and for the freedom for the faith and the gospel that he established. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Glenn Sunshine. If you're a fan of Breakpoint, leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. If you read Carl Truman's book about expressive individualism and you want to know how can I practically respond with a Christian worldview, I'm pleased to tell you that Dr. Thaddeus Williams, author of Don't Follow Your Heart, Boldly Breaking the Ten Commandments of Self-Worship, has an answer to your question in his new book. He tells you how to expose and refute the false narratives of radical individualism that's so popular in our secular culture. But even more importantly, this book offers a roadmap of how to live differently, notably distinctly in a culture dominated by radical individualism. Request a copy of Don't Follow Your Heart, Boldly Breaking the Ten Commandments of Self-Worship by Thaddeus Williams today by visiting colsoncenter.org slash January. That's colsoncenter.org slash Celebrating a new year can be fun, but with each passing year, the question remains. How much longer do we have? When you start thinking about your mortality, you can't help but wonder what happens next. Billy Graham had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and because of that, he knew exactly what was going to happen. The Bible says when you come to Christ, you're going to spend eternity with Him in paradise, in heaven, and it'll be total fulfillment. And the decision that you make about Christ will decide where you are a hundred years from tonight. The fact that time is short calls for immediate action. Every time the clock ticks, it seems to say now. There may be no tomorrow for you. Make this the year you start a relationship with Jesus Christ. We'd love to pray with you about that. Call us, 855-255-PRAY. 855-255-PRAY. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. You're 